0: You are listening to the sports radio cast with hosts Dave and Dave. From in show interviews, the latest gossip, and upcoming schedule of events. Check us out at WPHLive.tv. We begin today with breaking news.
1: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. British lawmakers have rejected Prime Minister Theresa May's Brexit deal by a wide margin. The defeat was expected. The scale of it, though, was historic, turning up the pressure on Prime Minister May considerably. In a sober address, she acknowledged the result, but said it gave no indication about what Parliament did support. She said, amid bitterness and rancour, urgent progress was needed. As BBC's Danny Eberhardt reporting, the House of Commons voted 432 to 202. Against a deal struck between Britain's government and the EU back in November. Attorney General nominee William Barr spent much of his time on the witness stand today on Capitol Hill, establishing his independence from the White House. Barr testifying President Trump has sought no assurances, promises, or commitments from me. On the Mueller probe, I don't believe Mr. Mueller would uh, be involved in a witch hunt. Barr vowing he wouldn't be bullied into doing anything wrong by anybody, whether it be editorial boards or Congress or the president. And that report from Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines. Only Republican lawmakers attended a working lunch with President Trump today after Democrats rebuffed the invitation. The White House says none of the invited House Democrats accepted the president's offer to attend the bipartisan meeting on border security and reopening the government. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says the president has a border security proposal on the table and it's time for the Democrats, she says, to come to the table and make a deal. Correspondent Greg said a bill aimed at forbidding the formation of sanctuary cities in Virginia is now before the state Senate. The bill is sponsored by GOP State Senator Dick Black. The measure would bar localities from adopting ordinances or policies restricting the enforcement of federal immigration laws. As correspondent Andrew Stewart reporting. Virginia's Democratic governor, Ralph Northam, vetoed a similar bill last year after it passed the General Assembly. This is SRN News.
0: It's the RadioCast with hosts Dave Vincent and David Fink at WPHlive.tv. Feel the bus.
2: Welcome to the RadioCast. This is episode number 19. Dave and Dave Hamball Sports RadioCast, that is. My name is Dave Vincent. Over here is David Fink. Yo, dude. What's up? What's up? We'll call this post Portland, pre Missoula. Pre Red Death. I like how I spit in the micro. Post Portland and pre Missoula. (laughs) That's a good thing.
3: First podcast of 2019. Oh, yeah, it is. The 19th overall. But expect a lot more this year. Oh, I think. I've heard rumors of that.
2: I want to hear, like, you know, I'm almost like pushing maybe two. A month, three wow. a month? Three a month? I like it. I like I want
3: to do it every day, actually. What about you know a guaranteed post tournament podcast on site? Yeah, that's I thought we were gonna do it this year, but all of a sudden no, not you were no, just standing there. in
2: front of that mirror. <laughs> for, like you always It was a slimming mirror. Like you always do. Uh this week in history, forty three years ago, nineteen seventy six, Pittsburgh Steelers beat your Dallas Cowboys, Dave. Twenty one Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Twenty one to seventeen. Super Bowl ten. Lynn Swan doing Lynn Swan. the ballerina moves in that one. Yeah, so you know he was named MVP mm-hmm. after 161 yards receiving on that day, and all which at that time is 300 yeah. now. Unbelievable! In fact, there was an acrobatic uh, catch there, the 64 yarder that that's you're talking about. Mean. They call it the ballerina oh, move. Okay, yeah. that's exactly what they call it. Wow. Terry Bradshaw four and zero yeah. in Super Bowls. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah that. Clown ass, Terry Bradshaw, was his quarterback. On Is that. he a better actor or quarterback? Because he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, he was a good quarterback, too. Mm. 34 years ago, 1985, Jerry Garcia was arrested in Golden State Park while freebasing cocaine in his car. Mm. This happened because? He didn't have a home? Because? Crack don't smoke itself. <laughs> oh. That's why it happened. <laughs> 29 years ago, 1990, Washington, D.C. Mayor Marion Barry was arrested in a drug enforcement sting operation after he was videotaped smoking crack. This all happened happened because crack don't smoke itself. I'm not sure this (laughs) is is such a good show for the youth. (laughs) No, I mean. Oh, it's good. It is good. These these guys got arrested, you see. Okay, I see. Back to sports. The Argo Classic, Pensacola, Florida, last weekend, featured an all-Cordova final. You Know, I love Florida, mm-hmm. everything is in the 80s. There, to mm. have to think about that one temperature, yeah, the people, oh. the IQ of those people. Exciting final between two brothers whose IQ actually totals 80. Yeah. Daniels yeah. defeated Lucho 21 to 17 and 21 to 11. The Flying Cordovas, as they have been pinned then took their balancing act to the doubles final where Danos completed that slam with partner Ross Collier. I'm oh. sure
3: Lucho was pretty happy after that Sunday. 0 two against his brother. Yeah, that's, He handles uh, those losses really well.
2: Lucho and his partner, Connor Bacon, or it, oh, Garrett Bacon. That's, that's right. right. There's a lot of Bacons in handball. Right. They they lost. It was actually, it sounds very exciting. I didn't get to see it, but it 21-20, was. 21-19, yeah. that sounds like a thriller. Mm-hmm wish I was involved in that. Which country has the fastest growing population? China? Ireland. Mm. It's Dublin every year. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I sense a segue coming along. That was my segue. Okay. About 100 miles or 155 kilometers for those in Ireland mm-hmm. listening to our handball sports radio cast. Yep. Right down the street, right in the middle, in the heart, you would say, of Ireland, Common, where they mm. had the Gaffney, this past weekend, we have one of our good buddies, Dermot Nash, taking mm-hmm. down Robbie McCarthy in two, and it looked like, well, it kind of looked like Dermot kicked his ass. Well, I, I it mean, sure sounds I don't like, like to be that
3: guy, but it sounds like you do. But Dermot no, I Nash, don't. I don't. With that a kicking, takes over the number one ranking in Ireland. So he's number one. That's right. Two finals, excuse me, three finals this season for D. He's won two of them. Martin Malkerns now steps aside, maybe temporarily from that number one spot. Martin Kearns Dave, upset by Owen Kennedy, who's a professor in his 40s. Now, what is it about guys in their 40s in handball? They just get better? Yeah, Look I guess at Marco so. Chavez. Yeah,
2: no. Look at you. You're the best you've ever been. I can't wait for next week. Oh, I'm just Where you just seem amazing. to be getting better with time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure February will be a great month for you. Uh, that score was, I believe, 15-7, to 15-8 in the final. That's right. You know, I used to play sports. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I realized I can buy trophies, and now I'm good at everything. <laughs> Starbucks is exploring installing needle disposal boxes in restrooms of certain stores to provide a safe way of throwing out syringes and other drug paraphernalia. Sadly, though, mm. the drug from the needle is the least potent of the one that actually brought the customer into Starbucks to begin oh. with. I'll take a quadruple <laughs> latte, please. According to People Magazine, Jeff Bezos leaves wife, McKinsey, after 20-plus years, and the intranets are going crazy because of it. As, you know, many people are speculating here that the richest man in the world may have lost half of his net worth. It was revealed last week that perhaps the divorce came after news that Bezos' wife... Found out that he was cheating on her with uh, Lauren Sanchez. And I believe Laura Sanchez, David, I know you've read up on this because you're pretty cool with the news, but she mm-hmm. was once either married or engaged to Tony Gonzalez, the great tight end in the mm. NFL. She has two of his kids. So it's the same lady. Okay, She's now a journalist and, and a helicopter pilot. So this is just the drug slash infidelity podcast i'm just giving you the headline you said i yeah you know bezos he's the founder he's the he's the head guy of amazon you know this is a big deal i mean everybody uses amazon every the report from people stated that lauren has an uncanny ability to make people do anything that she wants anything that she says that's what people magazine says and it's not good for him But if it is good for him, maybe she can convince Jeffy to do something about Amazon's horrible customer service.
3: I mean if she can seem to be at my door every day. So I guess (laughs) that's pretty good service.
2: I guess so. That's gonna wrap up our headlines for now. I know it's a huge depressor for you who Mm -hmm. wants to hear even more positive news than what I (laughs) gave you there. Episode 19 is gonna continue next as we have a recap of Portland. We'll look at the junior WPH initiatives, the portfolio. Of the JRWPH, plus I think you know we're going to talk a little bit more about Gaffney and Patreon, and then of course we're going to review that Montana Race Stop number four in Missoula, which is right around the corner. Can't wait! Stick around. More of the show.
0: Next. The Dave and Dave Sports Radiocast gives you unique interviews, news, birthdays, and more as they highlight upcoming events.
4: Get more at WBHLive.tv. R2 Sports has the ultimate app for sports fans. Keep up to date with the latest results from your favorite sport. R2 Sports gives you instant access to a diverse range of sports and tournaments. Get live updates instantly on your Apple or Android handset. Follow your favorite players. Check their ranking and latest results. Favorite an event and get live notifications pushed right into the palm of your hand. Interact with other players and chat with fans. Watch events live right from within the app. Get results anywhere, anytime. R2 Sports, your link to the Global Sports Network. R2 Sports is available as a free download from the App Store. Like us on Facebook for free premium access. Oh, yeah, we're back.
2: This is the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast here on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and now Patreon. Episode number 19 with dv and df df you are gonna love this show i'm excited we got off to a great start i love it already let's wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about portland really quick let's well, we make this, a lot this of, brief i know we can talk for probably three days about portland a It was a lot a of fun milestones tournament. in yeah. portland danos in his third race freight final he
3: wins his first race freight title he's the 10th different race freight champion in 51 stars we've had several hundred of the best players in the world competing on the race freight. Only ten of them are race freight champions. Danos is now one of those race freight champions. Side note, Luis Cordova in 2017 at the player championship became the first player to defeat two current number ones in the same tournament. We had a tie in 2017. We also had a tie coming into Portland where it was Killing Carroll and Sean Lenning tied for first. Danos knocks them both out in the That's, same tournament. Yeah. So he joins Lucho in that brotherly yeah. competition they have. Now they both have one race for title, they both won one this season. We've had three different race for a champions in the last three events, which has only happened one other time in the history of the tour. You remember last season, we only had two champions in seven events. Killian Carroll winning six of those, Sean Lenning won.
2: So Killian wins six, and he hasn't won one of them yet in the first three. And what's most shocking about that is all three of his losses, two in the finals and one in the
3: semifinals have been lopsided two game losses he wasn't really competitive in any of those six games don't think he scored double figures in any of those six games in in those losses this season that was unthinkable
2: you know you're talking about those parallels with Daniel Cordova and Luis Cordova how far are they separated in the rankings because it's always been about a half a point to maybe two and a half points right now they're separated by just
3: one point but if you look at this season in in itself Killian, Sean, Danos, and Lucho are all completely tied in points. They have the same number of points. Now, the rankings are somewhat complicated because you're counting six of the best eight. You've got events dropping, and um, Portland was a new event, but I think... Now, this is not Uh-oh. official. oh oh okay. hold on, hold on.
2: Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's turn the music down for this. This is serious. I want to hear what you think. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the, whoever wins... Montana, between those four guys, if one of those four should win, will become the new number one.
2: Hmm. Okay.
3: Based on how I'm seeing the rankings right now. Well, it is a
2: four-player race. I mean, Sean Lennon, Killian Carroll, Mm -hmm. Luis Cordova, Daniel Cordova. One of those guys are going to win the Players' Championship this year, or at least the big overall uh, best player in the show. But we've only
3: had three events with six more to go. So it might be slightly premature to say that. But as it stands right now, they've got a huge lead on five through everyone
2: else and one guy that's completely capable of doing it uh there's more than one but mondo ortiz didn't seem to be himself in this tournament what was going on with mondo
3: there well i haven't seen mondo playing at the mondo level we're used to seeing since montana last year where he made the final he almost beat killing in that final lost in a tiebreaker 15 to 11 and since then it's just been kind of a downward spiral in his game. He lost in the first round of Houston. He almost lost in the first round of New York. Remember, he came back from 14 right. to 6. In he the did something game. that
2: he should have never done. He didn't play in Atlanta. He
3: lost in the quarterfinals in Tucson. He lost in the first round in Portland. So he's seen what was once a dominant number one, now just clinging to that eighth spot by .25 points over his mentor and teammate, Marcos Chavez. And you have to think if Marcos even wins one round in montana he's gonna jump into that elite eight for the first time which would knock mondo out
2: yeah well it's a it's an interesting thing because we always root for that guy and he is so talented i mean he's really good and i thought for a long time he was the only one that can really compete with killian carroll now i see that there's there's four or five guys that can compete really well you're one of them dave you didn't have the best tournament of your entire life either I feel like I won
3: the tournament. I won three great matches in the ninth place. (laughs) I mean, I I walked away feeling like, where's my trophy? Yeah, that's true. Played really good here. Now, Marco Chavez, who we mentioned briefly, 44 years old. He takes out Emmett Pichot in the first round, and he played just outstanding He he was amazing.
2: Was this his best actual uh, spot in the tournament when it comes to his final appearance? I mean, because... You, I, I thought at one point during the live broadcast, you said that was his first visit into the round of eight. No. Oh, okay. He's been there before. He's been to the round of eight Houston, many I times. Thought. Okay. No,
3: many times in the round of eight. Don't know if he's ever made a semifinal, but no, six is yeah is because his best he yeah result.
2: you're right because he played uh, Vic in Atlanta for fifth place and that right. would have been the highest And that's there, so. he's
3: been in fifth the, the many place Yeah, many okay. times. Yeah. But Marcos Chavez talking to Emmett the other day. Emmett said the last time Marcos beat me was when I was 19. Now that's 17 years ago. Well and then in Marcos display him last year. Well, yeah up until Vegas. So, oh, okay. and he said after you know seventeen years, he loses to him in Vegas and then he loses to him again in Portland. So Marcos with two wins against Emmett in the last year after not winning one match against him for 17 years. Now if that doesn't show you how Marcos is playing and the improvements yeah. that he's made.
2: Yeah, that's true. And no, he just
3: I- took it to Emmett in Portland. I mean, we saw it from the very beginning. He was all over Emmett, won that first game about fifteen to three, kind of tanked a little bit in the second game made a bunch of errors and then he just elevated again in that tiebreaker just made some beautiful shots to dominate 15 to seven
2: yeah I really felt that just by uh, you know from a s- spectator standpoint and I think we all are when Marcos plays we just sit there and watch as spectators but uh, he did look very sharp and he was executing man he really did look good at 44 it was probably the best I've seen him play in and, 10 years and yet you think about
3: a month before in Tucson he didn't even qualify yeah. he looked terrible there Right. So he bounces back, but we've seen that from Marcos where one tournament he's just outstanding and the next tournament maybe not so much, but he's on the cusp now of entering the Elite Eight on the race freight for the first time. Now, he was in the Elite Eight in the 90s on the USHA Pro Tour, but never on the race freight. Now, you remember the first couple years on the race freight, he played very little. He had a great tournament in the first season, 2012, at the LAAC, where he took out Charlie
2: Shanks there. And he finished sixth. Beat John Bike as well. I believe that might have been a qualifier or the first round. But yeah, he definitely beat Bike there. Finished sixth there, but then we didn't
3: see him for about another two years. And he didn't really fully commit to the tour. He was just a
2: young pup back then.
3: Right. Just late 30s. But 2014, I remember him kind of breaking through. He was in Denver. He made the quarterfinals there. And uh, you know, had some well, he's always actually, he made the semifinals in Denver, so that is his best really? result. Really, 2014, Denver yeah, you're defeated right. Anthony Celesto in the round of eight, lost to Emmett in the semifinals. So, third place is his best showing.
2: I've always felt that he was a good player, and I believe his highest ranking, even on the old pro tour, was number four, right? Okay, so he, boy, he's he's been around for a long time and i think out of all the pro players he's the one that's embracing it the most at this point i think he sees that his career is kind of there at the end and he's trying to just soak it in as much as he can
3: well just talking to marcos he said you know i always looked up to john bike and danny bell and these guys that just kept playing they were so good and they and i want i'm that guy now and he takes a lot of pride in being that guy and i i speak for myself but also i think for the rest of the guys on tour both the senior tour and the the regular race freight tour marcos is really an inspiration oh yeah he's an ambassador He's a friend, he's a mentor, he's an inspiration and you know, I think he's showing everyone that you just keep playing and keep going and you can even keep getting better into your mid-40s. Yeah, no,
2: he's he's pretty amazing. Uh, Kind of a side note, he also gets the award for always staying on the last day to help pack everything up. Always. Doesn't even
3: have to ask, he's just staying there waiting for us to say our last lines on the
2: broadcast and then he starts breaking down the booth. It's like, dude, you just unplugged my... I guess it doesn't matter, we're over. So it doesn't, you know... But he's amazing. Yeah. yeah no. So I, I want to thank him for that as right. well. He's also a Patreon. We're at mm. uh, patreon.com backslash WPH live. I know we're going to talk about that program, but what a great program to support
3: the WPH, support the growth of the game, support the next generation of players. And you get so much out of it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, every totally day, cool. we're posting such cool material there. I mean, we've got pro insights, we've got archive videos, sportscasts.
2: Live broadcast. But these are things that you can't find anywhere else. It's right. not like we're just posting this on the front page of our website, and mm-hmm. then you can also find it there uh, behind a pay schedule. Yeah. I mean, this is this is some cool stuff, and it's going to even get better because we're going to get tricky, and we're going to do oh. contests Whoa. with cash hmm. that you are going to be donating. <laughs> so wow. it's going to be a lot of fun. I love when you find out about it live, though. Yeah. We have segment number three coming up here of the RadioCast cast episode number 19 segment three is going to be a good one because we get to talk about junior handball which is something that dave you know so much about because you're the leader my friendly cohort dave fink he's painting his nails right now as we go into break oh no you're checking your phone sorry i can't tell the difference we'll have more coming up as the radio cast continues with dave and dave here on itunes TuneIn radio and patreon stick around more coming up.
0: The World Players of Handball is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation whose goal is to grow the sport through innovation. WPH Live TV is partnered with ESPN for the current professional handball tour and has aired more than 100 matches over the past three years on ESPN networks. Junior WPH is the youth and young adult development wing of the foundation that performs over 2,000 individual and group clinics per year around the globe. WPH Outdoor runs the outdoor professional handball tour and has organized high-profile major events since the inaugural 2010 season. To get plugged into all the news, information and updates, or to give a tax deductible gift or donation, go to www.wphlive.tv or email info at wphlive.tv. Get connected with Facebook, Twitter, Google plus tune radio, and now iTunes.
4: Whether it's live filming the race for eight professional tour, junior handball development, coaching, and, and mentoring, or event planning, the world players of handball has you covered. The WPH live TV crew is sinking the time, effort, and energy into growing the game of handball on a grassroots level, with a focus on mass media attention. Since 2014, the WPH has aired over 20 tournaments on ESPN, and the upcoming season will also be filmed on the network. Junior WPH is flourishing, as the WPH has a full-time development director and coach on staff, and a department of instructors that will train, mentor, teach, and introduce handball to over 5,000 new recruits and junior athletes before year's end. Thank you for assisting the group that sees a very bright future for the game of handball. Without your donations and membership support, the WPH would not be where they are today. The WPH is a 501c3 non foundation. Please encourage others in your area to support, donate, volunteer, and give. Visit the WPH website At WPHLive.tv or go to thehandballstore.com to purchase your Players Card membership.
0: You are listening to Dave and Dave at WPHLive.tv. Let's get this radio show started on TuneIn Radio.
2: Oh, yep. Now we're back. Nothing like a cool afternoon. To give you this radio cast, Dave and Dave, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, episode number 19, where we are talking about Portland, wrapping up the fact that Daniel's Cordova won that uh, first stop of his career there in Portland just a couple weeks back as he defeated Killian Carroll 15 to six, 15 to six. That was pretty cool stuff. And then, of course, we're going to be talking about Missoula, Montana, right around the corner. But first, though, Dave, it is junior handball, something that you know a lot about. It was a great year,
3: 2018, for Junior WPH. More than a thousand clinics in Pennsylvania, California, Arizona, New York, Montana, Oregon,
2: Mexico—just to name a few. Do you, do you want me to get that for you? Hold on. <laughs> just a second. Hold on. Let me get. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh,
2: thank you. Just want
3: to make sure. You <laughs> move also your had microphone some microphone there to your mouth. Some great mega clinics, mega tournaments. Veronica Figueroa, one of our great WPH ambassadors, runs the Junior WPH NYC One Wall Junior Championships every summer. 85 players in that
2: tournament. She's a stud-at. Yeah, she's a stud-at. you got to admire what she does. Also, I mean, really, any coach. You could say that some coaches do more than others, but you know how how much it takes to go out and take time out of your day? Incredible. And it doesn't just happen on that day. This is something you have to cultivate for years. I don't even say hi to my kids when they come through the door after school. Hmm. These coaches are going out there onto a court... To a facility, the Abraham Montejos, the Mike Morgans of this world, uh, it's pretty amazing, really. And you have to, like, you know, tip the hat, give them financial help if you know a coach right. that's helping with handball. Please do that. I mean, please help.
3: Tucson Rocket Club summer camps. I mean, you're talking about 200 kids a week playing handball yeah, for have,
2: 10 weeks? That have never played before. Right. So these are newbies. These And also, here's what I like about that summer camp thing, and I know this happens, you know, it's sprinkled out there throughout the United States and, and parts of the world, but these kids aren't, they're not uh, sons or daughters of a famous handball player. These are just random kids. Right. And, and that's really what the sport needs most. And so that's what's happening when you see these summer camps. It's right. like, hey, these are kids that don't have that family connection. I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, I mean, I love the family connection thing, but in a lot of ways, this, this is going to benefit handball in the long run. Kids that are not exposed to the game through somebody in their own family. It's, uh, it, I, in, in a way, I think it's, it might be what helps handball grow.
3: And then, of course, you've got some great handball programs across the country. Junior WPH helps to support and sponsor the Harry Mellis program. In Manhattan with Danielle Daskalakis, the Junior WPH Juarez program, which incredible. I mean, they travel, they're playing almost every day there in Juarez. They've got their heroes, the Cordovas, Leo Canales, senior and junior, Drift that they look up to. The Hood River program is another great one that's mm-hmm. going on in Oregon. So check out juniorhandball.com and follow everything that's going on in junior handball. We had a, a great event in portland where we collaborated with the usha you saw the pro players on the court with the kids playing in the junior nationals playing two bounds signing autographs taking pictures giving advice just a, a cool vibe there
2: yeah you know i got a, a text message from sean lenning says portland was cool loved the vibe with the kids cool energy mm. i thought well you know you don't get a lot of correspondence with with sean i mean he's not like he's not burning up your phone mm-hmm but to hear him say that there was a cool vibe there with the kids and it was inspiring the word inspiring was inspiring to me because right. i saw it for myself and thought this is pretty pretty cool i mean i see the pro players you know rubbing the back of one of the star uh, 15-year-old kids, and, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool, what, what are you doing? And then I saw that he was just giving him advice in, in the middle of a timeout, and I thought, well, that's exactly what you want.
3: You know, we say all the time that the pros are inspiring the juniors, but I'll tell you, it's really the juniors that inspire the pros. When we see the juniors at the tournament, that's the best inspiration you can have.
2: Well, you remember what it was like, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you look down there, and they're all looking up to you. You're like, hey, you know, all this other stuff, like being on TV, uh, being on the broadcast. That has become like an old glove in a way. But mm-hmm. these kids, this is new. And, right. it, and it was really cool. Right. I, I mean, from my standpoint, I loved it. And also, I saw that there were some clinics there in Portland. There were. And I saw the players interacting with the I saw the kids getting autographs from the players, which mm-hmm. was another thing that, you know, I felt has been missing from the tour for a long time. That's why Portland was very inspirational. Right. Like a really cool vibe there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dave, I want to thank you for organizing that that whole autograph thing and bringing out the pictures. It seemed like the kids dug that. Yes. You had uh, two kids fighting over which one was you. Mm. Uh, when they're, uh, I don't remember that, but okay. Yeah, there were. I'm <laughs> Dave Fink. No, you're you're Dave Fink. Huh. They found out that you were ranked number four or number five, yeah. and then uh, the kid said, "No, no, no, I'm Killian Carroll. <laughs> He's number one." So those were the the two pictures that were left behind. <laughs> yeah, and they found that out. No, it was good stuff. I yeah. really uh, I admired it. <laughs>
5: Where is this coming from?
2: So what else besides that? We have uh, any th- junior stuff coming up in Missoula. I'm sure they're gonna have a well, we had a there. great clinic there last
3: year. number of kids on the court with the pros last year and really enjoying it. So we're looking forward to doing that again at the Red Death. The Red Death is I guess we can just start talking about the Red Death now. It's
2: you want to segue into episode four? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah.
3: the Red Death last year voted and these votes are serious amongst the pros, as you know. Voted newcomer of the year. Newcomer stop of the season last year. And it was very close to being voted stop of the year. Now, we don't divulge votes here. But I'll tell you that if it would have swayed just a couple of votes, probably would have been the newcomer and the stop of the year. But as it stands, it's now firmly entrenched in the players' minds. Endless hospitality. Enthusiastic and unbelievably knowledgeable handball fans. Great facility. The junior clinics. And it's it's it, just cool to be in Montana. It was cool.
2: Actually, there was something. real. It was a new location. I think that also helps out. But you know how these things work out, Dave? You, if you pull the people right after the last stop of the season, you know that that last stop is going to be the one that's voted number one. Right. And that's sort of what has happened, although the last stop in Salt Lake City was amazing. But the players remembered back, and they said Montana was really cool. Right. Y- y- here's the, the pivotal moment for me was when Killian Carroll won. And the crowd clapped. And then we rushed in. They, did, You know, the crowd doesn't know what our cadence is. ESPN reporter Kara Mack runs in there with Shay Lowenstein. And they they film Killian and ask him a few questions. Well, the crowd doesn't know what to do. So they just continue to keep clapping during that interview. And then Killian slowly exits out because you know how nice he is. He lets Kara come out first. And then Shay follows with the camera. And then Killian walks out. And they they continue with that standing ovation that they never stopped giving for Mm. two minutes. Right. I mean, that was the appreciation that we've always wanted. It was a great way for the beginning of the year to kick off last season.
3: Killian Carroll enters the red death as a defending champion. He's never lost in Montana. He's the only player who's won in Montana because that was the first stop there. Abraham Montijo, who you mentioned earlier is a co-tournament host. He's kind of one of the big reasons that we're, going to Montana because he had been going up to the Red Death for a few years and he kept coming back and saying this is an amazing tournament Sean Sandow up there such a great guy the the handball players love seeing this level of handball and we got to get this stop on the tour and it happened and we're thankful for it because we
2: love going there yeah no Abraham Montijo is the pivotal person here because he was trying to talk me into it for about three or four years and then once we got hooked up with Sean Sandow it's that was it slam dunk yeah uh, I mean guy's amazing first of all Secondly, so was Abraham, right. but Sean's amazing and the the event came through perfectly. And I can't wait for this new one coming up, which is just like feels like a week away.
3: But you've got a few subplots heading into Montana. We talked about it earlier that the big four this season, Lucho, Danos, Sean, and Killian are gonna be the favorites going into Montana. They are the guys that have been in all the finals this season. Three of them have won finals this season. Killian, you think it's only a matter of time before he wins one, but I think the winner, if one of those four wins, will take over the number one ranking, which would be a first for Lucho or Danos, should they do it. That's a big motivator. That really is. Now, Marcos Chavez, you might not put him on that short list of favorites, but he is a favorite to jump into the Elite Eight for the first time. The the difficulty for Marcos... And he's trying to overtake Mondo Ortiz. Is that Mar- Marcos will be playing in the qualifier, and he'll draw one of those one through eight guys, where Mondo could conceivably have a much easier match to get to the quarterfinals. Be great if they ended up playing each other. Now Man, that would be cool. Now Montana is a player cho- uh, qualifier choice, which means the qualifiers are going to pick a number out of a hat, and they're going to select who they want to play in that order. So if Marcos gets the number one, he could just pick mondo and settle everything right there i don't know if he would but you know he's not going to pick one of the top four that's right? true well boy i'm telling he he'll pick somebody that he feels confident about. i don't see i don't see one of his top choices being the top four i'm just saying hypothetically if marcos picks in that one two or three spot he's gonna and Mondo's mondo is available he's gonna pick mondo he's going to he's he has a winning record against mondo
2: lifetime on the race for eight. Which a lot of people would never know. And that's the guy that he's rooming with. Right. I mean, uh, we don't know what their plans are right now, but that's the guy.
3: I I mean, it's too hypothetical because, of course, Marcos could get the number eight, and then he might have to play Killing. He wouldn't have a choice. But, you know, if he gets in that top...
2: Could he pick Emmett Pichot again? He couldn't. No, he can't. Yeah.
3: He can't play someone he's already played. Right. Atlanta, he played Peter Function, so Peter's not going to be there. So the only person he can't pick is Emmett. So you'd have to be think he's looking towards me or Vic he's not had any success against.
2: But but let's look at the top eight right now really quickly. I know that we haven't done the draw, the seeds on this, and that's normally something I pull out of the hat. But why, why wouldn't I just pull it out of the hat now? Hmm. I mean, why not? We know sure. that number one is Killian Carroll, right? Right. And then number two is Sean Lenny. Right. Shawn okay, Lennon. so let me just write this down really quick while we're— and, and and this is a... Do you remember what the format was and how we're pulling names out?
3: Well, you had Lucho playing Killian in the last tournament in the semis, so he should go to the bottom to where Sean is. So okay, Lucho so, should...
2: Well, first of all, we have to do the coin flip on three... Three and four coin flip, right?
3: Right, unless you had one of those guys playing into the number one or two seeds in the last tournament in that top four.
2: Okay, so who's ranked number two right now?
3: Sean Lenning is number two.
2: Okay, who's number three? Danos. Right. Okay. So we'll write that But
3: Danos down. played Sean Lenning in the last tournament in the semifinals. So he,
2: ha- so he should go in the upper bracket right. based off of that. Yeah. So Danos is not going to be three. That makes Luis Cordova three. Right. Okay. I'm writing this down okay. in case you're at home keeping score.
3: I see that. Now, by the rankings, it's me at number five. Okay. Vic Perez at number six. Emmett Pichot at number seven.
2: Uh huh. Mondo Ortiz at number eight. Okay. So let me just write this on a piece of paper here then. And we'll tear up and believe it or not, I think I have all the slips of paper over here on the trophy case. But it doesn't matter. I'll just make a new one. <laughs> I'll just pull names out of the hat. Now, I know that the rules state that no employee of the WPH is doing... Do you want to step out of the room? No, I'm I'm just joking. No, stay here. That's a joke. You won't be involved in me pulling them out of the hat, silly. Now, Vic did play Daniel Cordova in the quarterfinals
3: in Portland, so he should not be playing into Danos in the quarterfinals of this one. So he can't be in the upper bracket? Well, he could be in the upper bracket, just not against Danos. Okay,
2: okay. He could play Killian. Well, that's why we need you here. Okay, I've got these names, and I'm also recording this, so you can see that I clearly don't know what these names are. So the first person will be the number five seed. Mm -hmm. And if it's a conflict, you'll let me know. There isn't one. Okay. This is Mondo Ortiz, five C. So Mondo is number five. Number six, can there be a conflict there? The only conflict is Vic cannot play Danos. Okay, let's just see what this is. Emmett Pichotte, number six seed. Does that work itself out?
3: Number six plays Lucho. Yes. That it works fine. itself out. Yes.
2: Okay, so then that leaves seven and eight. So this will be number seven seed. The name is Vic Perez, number seven. Dave Fink, you're number eight. Does that work? Yes. That gives you something else to think about mm-hmm. for the next week and a half. So number one seed is going to be Killian Carroll. Number two will be Sean Lennon. Luis Cordova will get the three seed. Daniel Cordova will be number four. Number five will be Mondo Ortiz. Six will be Emmett Pachot. Seven will be Vic Perez. And number eight will be Dave Fink. So that killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. This show and... <laughs> <laughs> and also the seeds for the tournament. Got really quiet in this room here.
0: <laughs>
3: that's, a, that's gonna be an exciting draw. Okay, so Emmett has faced Luis Cordova. This will, if Emmett advances and Luis advances in the quarterfinals, that would be their third matchup since August. I don't remember them playing more than once in the first eight years of the tour. Lucho defeated Emmett in Minnesota at the World Championships and then defeated Emmett in Tucson, badly hmm. in both matches. Now, Mondo Ortiz will go up against Daniel Cordova. Daniel defeated Mondo very easily in New York the last time they played. That was two lopsided games. And I remember Mondo saying in Las Vegas in an interview with Kara, she said, who are the toughest guys for you to play? And he said the Cordovas. Hmm. And I thought to myself when he said that, I don't think he's setting himself up too well psychologically to go up against these guys. if it is already in his head you know that these guys are get artists and very tough for him to play
2: well i believe that emmett is going to play better because he had i didn't feel a great showing in portland and i think he was really frustrated because he was playing good ball a week or two before that Right, goes there lays an egg and i think he's been able to stew on that for you know a good month three weeks probably going to well, go in. I thought Emma town. played very well in the ninth place final yeah, when we played. In one match, but I mean in the earlier stuff it just didn't look good and, and you two also lost early so you've been yeah. thinking about it so you guys are making adjustments. You want to get back to making the finals like you have uh, the previous year. So, I think Montana's going to there's gonna be some more tighter scores. We saw some blowouts in Portland. And then you've got Vic going up against Sean Lenning. Now they played in Atlanta in the quarterfinals. They've always been kind of weird together.
3: That was court. not a close match in Atlanta between those two. But Vic defeated Sean in New York.
2: That's true. Right. And and but and also played him very tough in other tournaments right. like Houston a yes, couple of years in a row. Yeah. 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 So that can happen. Anything else you want to say about Montana? I know. I mean, there's tons of things. I think we'll talk more about it here after the next segment. But, I mean, we just seeded the tournament. And I'd like to talk about the qualifiers. So maybe we should take a break. I mean, I think you need to take a break, frankly, after hearing what seed you are. (laughs) We'll be back. Got really grim here in the stewed. Dave and Dave. (laughs) (laughs) The Handball Sports Radio Cast Episode 19 will continue with Better Moods Next. We'll be back with segment number whatever this is. Six, five, I don't know. Stick with it.
6: From Outdoor Tournament Planning, the Race for Eight professional tour on ESPN, junior handball development, coaching, and mentoring, or creative handball marketing the world players of handball has set out to grow the sport through innovation junior wph is flourishing they have a full-time development director and coach on staff a hot new coaching manual that is a must grab and a department of instructors that will train mentor teach and introduce handball to over five thousand new recruits a year without your donations and membership support though the WPH would not be where they are today. The WPH is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation. Please encourage others in your area to support, donate, volunteer, and give. Visit the WPH website at wphlive.tv. Or go to thehandballstore.com to purchase your merchandise, player's card, all-access video pass, or donation. 100% of web store sales goes right back into the development of the game. The World Players of Handball at WPHlive.tv. Thank you for the continued support.
0: Who keeps you up to date with the latest news, sports, and entertainment? Leave Tom Brady alone. We do. Dave and Dave are live with a sports radio cast on Union Radio
2: at WPHlive.tv. You won't believe it, but we're back. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast with episode number 19. Brought to you by Patreon.com backslash WPHlive. Is that really a backslash or a forward slash? I've never known. I don't know the difference, and I have a feeling that it's a forward slash, but I always say backslash because that's what everyone thinks it is. Hmm. I think it's a forward slash. I think it's a backslash. Okay, then it's a backslash because I don't know if you've ever been wrong. I don't know. I've never fact-checked you. (laughs) Uh Who do you think I am? CNN? (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about Montana earlier. We found out what the seeds were. Mm -hmm. Number one, going to Killian Carroll. Sean Lenning follows with number two seed. Number three, Luis Cordova. Daniel Cordova is number four. Then it goes, believe it or not, to the guy that hasn't been performing very well on the season, Mondo Ortiz, gets the benefit of being the five seed. After that, it's Emmett Pichot, Vic Perez, and Dave Fink, respectively. That's how the Elite Eight will fare. And we did that in a fair way here in the studio, following all rules on the player's code of conduct. You know, we talked about the main guys, the Elite Eight dudes, but there's some qualifiers there as well in Montana that I think are pretty good. Now, much like last year, it's not uh, like there's tons and tons of qualifiers, but as of this moment, there's eight pretty solid players that have eight previous players. Yeah,
3: that have previously qualified. And then you've got newcomers, Sean Kerr. I I think he's a qualifier potential. Yeah. Depends Absolutely. on who
2: he goes up against in his final. Like if he has to play a Marco Chavez, that's going to be a match. Well, I don't see that happening because Marco
3: Chavez will be seated first. Right now, there's 16 players entered, and Pete Svensingen is one of those, so you know he's not playing. So that's actually 15.
2: Right, because he'll back out, right? right? Yeah, he's yeah. a Patreon. And hi, Pete. Thanks for the support.
3: <laughs> well, he's he leads the tour in backouts with eight after the draw is made. That he actually include- has more
2: backouts than wins. On times his two. Maybe three. And I'm not really good at division <laughs> math, but... <laughs> Of course, Pete, we kid. I'm not kidding. Michael Galton. Michael Michael G. Formerly
3: ranked. He has never qualified, but he won the seventeenth place playoff in New Orleans. He's a guy that could potentially qualify.
2: He could. I mean
3: he did got- not look good in the junior national final.
2: No, but I'm sure that gave him some confidence. Forty two errors gives you confidence. Making it to the finals and defeating a few on his way in. Playing on that big stage. Yeah, I think so. It gives you something. Okay. Leo
3: Canales Jr. It's I know. Nice I've never been to a final, so I it's nice to see Leo Jr. really committing to the tour. Yeah, I like it. He's having a very good season. He's had some amazing comebacks this year. He was trailing John Wayne Cortez eighteen to three in the qualifier final in Atlanta. And I left, got something to eat. I come back, and he's up 24 to 20. Yeah. In 10 minutes. Yeah. What happened? I, I
2: don't know. It's...
3: And he wins that match 26-24. Very similar scenario in Tucson, the very next stop. He's trailing Jonathan Iglesias 24 to
2: 18. I mean, it's over, right? Yeah. How do you buckle back... down and do have these huge comebacks? Or in reverse, how are you letting people get up to that big
3: lead like that? He comes back and wins that one 27 25. Then you think it's going to be one of his toughest qualifier matches of the season in Portland. And he wins that one too.
2: Yeah, you know, I that's why I said I feel he's a lot like Anthony
3: Celesto. Defeats there. Tyler Stoffel there badly yeah. in
2: Portland. We see a lot of these up and downs on the tour. If you are one of these inspiring players that want to play on the Pro Tour, do consider it because anything can happen. Really, I mean, we've seen upset, we've seen strange things on the tour. Maybe because we're at every single one of these events, so we've seen everything, but... Well, I think we saw the biggest upset on the tour, maybe in history, in the qualifier. Marcos
3: Chavez losing to Leo Sr. No, Drift. Well, okay. No, he beat Leo Sr. 26-24. Right, right.
2: Losing to Drift.
3: Losing to Drift, yes.
2: And Leo Sr. beat Abraham? Who did he beat? Leo Sr. beat Abraham Shorty. and
3: Shorty. That was in a pre-qualifier.
2: Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, no, the, and things like that happen. And, right. hey, and that's no knock against Sr. I mean, he's... Clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah, we've seen some crazy stuff. I who else do we have in that qual we have Shorty Ruiz, we have Abraham Montijo, Marco Ryan Chavez. Bowler, Ryan Bowler. Making the twenty five thousand mile trip from Canada to Montana. To to a place that looks exactly like his backyard. He'll basically. feel very
3: comfortable there. Yeah. And in fact, last year he qualified there. And he he had the first pick and he chose Marco Chavez, played him pretty tough, lost in two games, but he was battling. Yeah. Had a pretty good ninth place playoff. Mm-hmm. Finished 11th there. John Iglesias, is he in the draw? He is. Okay. John looked good for one match. He did. In and Portland. Didn't seem to be able to follow that up though. He lost his next two after winning that round of 16. But
2: I, I see him doing well. I mean, I, I can see him I can see him buckling up and maybe playing well in this next
3: What's Well, it's kind of a matter of time for John who you know he's been to Race Freight semifinals. He's been an invited eight. And then he just sort of had a slump, I would say, for about the last year. He lost in a couple qualifier finals. He got into the draw and didn't play well. So it, he's rededicated himself. You could see he looked fitter. He's been making the trip from Vale to Denver to play some good players, which he hadn't done in the last couple of years. So he's sharper, and I think he's hungry now because he was so used to qualifying, and now all of a sudden he wasn't qualifying.
2: So it must he, be tough. You live in a town where you don't have another player behind you, yeah. and— even if you did, and you don't, they don't play you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it must be tough to just try to stay in shape and also get the timing down. Right. There's a lo- there's a big difference between playing that one dude that's 60 years old down at your club, mm-hmm. and then going in there and having someone like uh, you know Mondo yourself hitting these 90 mile per hour blast at you. It's just a complete difference. You can't set up correctly.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, also your kill shots against the older player aren't the same as they are against the younger one. Right. It's a tough, it's a tough gig. And I, you know, I admire guys like Killian Carroll. You don't have anybody, you know, that you would say around them at all that they're able to play. I know Aaron Garner did it for years of just being like the the top dog in town, not having a lot of talent around him. And you see, John Iglesias must be in the worst position of all time. He has to travel sometimes in the snow. He lives in Vail, Colorado. And if yeah. you've ever been there, that altitude is, you know. Mm -hmm. Pretty high. And he has to drive all the way to Denver, and it's not easy.
3: I don't even know if he has a handball court there in Bale.
2: I I would assume there has to be one near, but I just can't imagine there's anybody playing there.
3: Max Langmack also in the qualifier. And he's a guy that we had pegged as a real future superstar, but the last two events have not been good to him. Strange. I mean, he was blown out by Tyler Stoffel in the qualifier in Tucson. And he did not do much better against Aaron Garner in Portland. So this is a guy who really made a name for himself last season in Houston, and we thought, well, he's you know on his way up. He took tenth in Atlanta, and since then has picked up no points.
2: Can you even like equate another pro player or qualifier that has had a similar career at this point, where they've kind of peaked early and then they've back back down? Is there another one
3: that's done that? Well, I'm sure it's happened. I don't, you know, I can't think of the name right now. But you know, I'm I'm looking at this list right now. We're seeing guys who have qualified 20 times and that have also failed to qualify 10 times. So it happens. Sure. You know, no, I mean I'm looking at, you know, Abraham Montijo who's qualified probably as many times as anybody on tour, but he's also lost some qualifier finals. Same thing with Shorty? Shorty Shorty is has a record though right now, 11 straight hmm. qualifier finals. That's never been done before. 11 straight tournaments he's qualified. He's qualified by every margin, 25 to 0, he beat our good friend
4: Pete
2: Hi, Pete.
3: And he's also won by two points. He won by 15-13 in the third game against Dalton Beal to qualify in Portland. He also won 25-23 against Jeff Streibig in Las Vegas. So he's had the whole gamut. In fact, the last qualifier he lost was the NYAC 2017 to Dave Munson. Hmm. He's made it through every time since. So a guy like Jonathan Iglesias, probably just as many qualifiers as Abraham. I would say 20, 25. But he's had some qualifier losses too. Dalton Beal snagged him in Tucson. Leo Canales, Jr., snagged him also. So these guys have, yeah,
2: you know, I guess you're up right. and down. I was just thinking of somebody early in the career that qualified like before we thought they would and then all of a sudden didn't qualify after that. But I
3: would think Celesto. Leo had some, Canales. Some qualifier losses. Maybe.
2: Maybe Celesto. I mean, up and down career. Anyway, nonetheless, yeah. qualifier is more of the quality than it is quantity at this moment although that Mm -hmm. can change handball players like to do things at the last moment i'm not quite sure why that is Mm -hmm. Uh, you know if i were to enter a tournament it's always the second i know i'm going to play but others like to wait until after the deadline mostly after after the posted deadline some
3: wait till after the deadline to withdraw
2: they also like to wait until the brackets have been printed yeah and spent hundreds of dollars making these huge brackets. People say, "Why, why don't you use those big, the big brackets?" Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we had them printed, but you know, had seventeen changes, mm-hmm. eleven of them coming within the last hour. <laughs>
0: well, that's
2: handball. Gotta love it. Anything else you want to say about the Qualifiers? <laughs> <laughs> well, the By the way, this is the even show. On my list. This is the show that is promoting handball.
3: I think we've hit everything not necessarily in order but i think we're down to the birthdays but you probably want to take a break before we
2: get to those yeah we have to take we have to go do stand up hilarity i'd rather do with the birthdays i say stand up hilarity before the birthdays oh really and you feel to like be. the birthdays are going to be overshadowed it's, it's at least we'll have people that have just recently laughed hmm. i mean that's how i'm looking at it yeah you might not look at it like i do but i probably should you you have somebody that just giggled and now they're listening to a kind of a But usually there's some stand-up
3: hilarity mixed in with the birthdays.
2: Okay, so we should just do a regular break and then birthdays and then stand-up hilarity. No, no, uh, no. I know. Yeah, I say we're going to a regular break.
3: Okay. No, I knew we were going to a regular break. It's just a matter of what happens after that regular break.
2: Birthdays, stand-up hilarity, and then quit. Okay. You know what? No, 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 (laughs) no. Uh I'm changing that. Okay. We're going into stand-up hilarity. I thought we started the show with drugs and. Infidelity <laughs> hilarity. You want to kind of. There's more? Uh, let's do some stand up hilarity. It's a Dave and Dave Handball sports radio cast, episode number 19.
5: I uh, actually moved to New York City in 1978 to make it as an actor. For the next 29 years, I worked as a waiter. That's a lot longer than is considered understandable. By 1982, the job had lost its freshness for me. <laughs> then it became one of those things that I do that I don't place a premium on being the best. <laughs> I would go to work, essentially, to leave. <laughs> I always worked in a very casual restaurant, which suited me. I could never work upscale. I know two things about wine. We have it, or we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a customer once, he said to me, what's the difference between the Cabernet and the Cote Du Rhone?" I said, a dollar.
0: We talk sports. Dave and Dave on TuneIn Radio.
2: Oh my goodness. I love that stand-up polarity piece there. So Dave and Dave, Handball Sports Radio Cast with episode number 19 here on Patreon. Oh, we haven't talked about Patreon yet. Let's just do that we, really quick. We did, though. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we're going to talk about the benefits and all the... No? Well, we talked
3: about well, we it. Oh, I mean, we mentioned Pete. we talk about it more. We mentioned Pete. Well, Pete and Patreon are synonymous. <laughs> In that. <laughs> now, Pete is just upping his record. He has the most mentions on the fun facts. Of anyone who's oh, never really? qualified. Oh, wow, that's cool. Well, anyone without a ranking. Oh, okay. Now, if you want to say most mentions on the fun facts, we'd have to really comb through that. I would say...
2: Well, no, what we'd have to do is get a hold of Katrina Casey, because mm. she would know the answer. Okay. Or Killian Carroll. Right. I know they're the only two people that read it. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, birthdays, uh- let's talk about that. <laughs> I know somebody's celebrating a birthday today. I just don't know exactly. Well, we're going by handball birthdays by the month. So oh, if you're wow. Born in January. Okay.
3: Yeah. Let's kick it off with the coon dog. Stephen Cooney. Let me guess. Let me, ge- Let me guess. Okay. 29. Wow. Nailed it. Feels really? like he's older because he's been around yeah, so no, long. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Looks good. I mean, looks like he's in his. Oh, he's
2: a rock star, yeah. But.
3: In his early 20s, but just I mean I can remember playing Stephen for the first time 2014 which was five years ago so he was a top player then yeah congratulations for making it this long Stephen Luis Moreno 30 really 10 time race yeah, that's grade right champion. This month that's right another guy that you think how can you only be 30 right he's had the career of 10 great players
2: yeah I mean he was he was a stud at 15 and it seems like that was just yesterday honestly. Martyn
3: Malkerns, 26, the former Irish number one, now Irish number two, mm-hmm. the current All-Ireland champion. Finalist, and the moy yeah. Coyle, I'll never say this right, Moy-Colin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He won that one on his home court. Okay. Martin Malkerns, another one. I mean, he's been hanging out with us for years, Is he right? the nicest guy of all time? I mean, I don't know. He's, he's got a lot of ideas. I'll give him that. hes I mean, It's close. Nicer or more ideas? Yeah.
5: <laughs>
3: Depeche Mode, that Ryan which is a group. Pesh, oh, okay, yeah. Thirty, originally from Iowa, now practicing law and playing pro handball out of Minnesota, Minneapolis. Leslie Amundsen from Canada. Fourteen, Newfoundland. Fourteen years old. That's my 22, guess. Twenty-two. What? Earned her first
2: can't believe this
3: women's race for a pro ranking in Tucson. Played a great event there. So I'm off, is what you're saying. I'm not right Oh my... Just a little bit. Okay. Dr. Ashley Moeller. Now, she has such a long title that I don't even know if we have time for it. How much time do we have? Uh, we ran out. Women's Race Freight number 3. Mm-hmm. Former WPH Outdoor Director. Current mm-hmm. WPH Ambassador. Tucson Memorial Tournament Director.
2: What am I missing here? Current Three Wall National Finalist. Wow.
3: And former Three Wall National Champion. Ugh. She's 32. She's also my sparring partner. Those matches are very secretive. Don't like to tell you about it. <laughs> Hillary Rush, best friend of Dr. Ashley Moeller, current three-wall national champion from Ireland, now living in Chicago with her boyfriend Charlie Lemus. You never thought you'd hear Charlie Lemus's name on this. I podcast. never thought I I'd hear that.
2: I never thought I'd hear somebody say boyfriend and Charlie Lemus. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Also on this broadcast. Well, he's on it now.
3: and He I made it. He made it for from the first on, time. He should be on in every episode. Once you break that barrier... You I mean, have to be on every time. 29 years old, Hillary Rush. A lot of great handball in front of her. In fact, Dave, she was just in Vegas with her boyfriend, Charlie Lemus. I'm glad I can keep saying yeah. that. But Charlie sparred with Joe Harris. Lost. Can't believe it. He was only giving up 25 years. Score. And I want to know the <laughs> score. I don't really care about <laughs> it. It was two blowout <laughs> games. Okay. And we're not going to count the third... <laughs> Cuevas tiebreaker because Joe wasn't trying, but then Joe wanted some competition, so he brought Hillary onto the court, and Hillary beat them all in cutthroat. Oh my gosh. I and love Joe this. said, wow, I didn't I didn't know this was happening. I said, well, she touched the ball with her right hand, the rally's over. So she's Flag. the best player in the family. Well, yeah. She was and the best that the in Vegas. that
2: includes extended family.
3: Sorry, Omar. Oh, wow. Well, I saw what you did to Omar with no gloves on after six beers and two steaks. I don't think he scored a point. Yeah, but I don't... I don't drink anymore. No, not anymore. But I'm that, sure that. But that you was only drank just for that bet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had to prove that you could drink six beers and drink two 20 ounces or eat two 20 ounce steaks and still beat them 21-0 with jeans and dress shoes on.
2: Well, someone said the bet's going to be against Omar. <laughs> you didn't have to wear your sport coat though, but you you wore I it anyway. I would have. I had to take it off because the referee said <laughs> that I can't bring drinks into the court <laughs> since I kept the flask in the side pocket there. Gavin Buggy 46,
0: 45 40. oh, 2016
3: okay. Senior Race Freight Players Champion. Also does a lot of announcing for the GAA when they stream tournaments.
2: I was going to have a radio segment here on the show called the Stranger Than Gavin Buggy File, I where we just talk about like you know those strange stories of Florida, mm-hmm. Florida Man, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Didn't do it. Out of respect to Gavin Buggy.
3: Now, those were handball celebrities. Yeah. Now, let's talk about some... Oh, so there's more. Okay, yeah. Some, you know, music entertainment celebrities. Jason Bateman. Kind of a doppelganger of yours. I love him. In some Uh, ways. Yeah, I like his comedy. Close in age, 49 to Mm -hmm. you. Carl Weathers, although he died in 1980-something when Drago... Yeah, okay. But somehow he's been reincarnated. He's 70. I mean... How was he not the heavyweight champion for real? You see the way he could snap that jab? Oh, yeah. The way he was built? He was a former NFL player. I mean, he actually was Muhammad Ali.
2: Yeah, the guy was amazing. And we haven't seen a lot of him at all. But I bet you he's still... Unfortunately, I
3: think he's around. He's got some IMDB credits. I just don't know that I'm watching. Should be. Musician Dave Grohl, the Foo Fighters and Nirvana, 49.
2: Is today like the late 40s birthday list for celebrities? Dave Grohl is awesome, by the way. Lead singer. Supermodel Kate Moss, 44. Not a dent, not a scratch, not a
3: clue. Hmm. Actor, playwright, and I'm interested in your opinion on him, Dave. Lin-Manuel Miranda of... Talented.
2: Talented. Hamilton. Yeah,
3: I only know him from Curb Your Enthusiasm. If Larry doesn't like you, I don't like you. So. Larry likes him. No, he doesn't.
2: He doesn't. No. Why? You mean as like, as actor portraying another actor? You're talking about Larry
3: being himself on his own show.
2: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he's amazing. Okay. Have you seen Hamilton? I saw the making of a documentary before it came out, Mm -hmm. and I, I have never sat there and watched something that I thought was completely ridiculous, but yet something drew me into it amazing
3: but it's not a movie it's just a play right
2: it's a play but i saw the the documentary of how it was created and i just i fell in love with it never well, i can't see the play because the tickets are like 1500 dollars. who can afford that but lin-manuel miranda he's kind of made what he raps
3: right isn't yeah. that his thing
2: yeah but he's like a he's like a freestyle rapper and he's amazing i mean amazing dave come on amazing i'm, I'm with larry on this one too. <sighs> can't believe how much you're judging people <laughs> actress betty white 96
3: she's the last remaining golden girl
2: yeah blanche is gone i mean rose rose dorothy Dorothy. <laughs> just naming old people's names now doesn't count 96 years young that's good stuff
3: actor james earl jones 87 he's had a pretty amazing career
2: the voice of darth vader oh, i didn't know that what what? 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 Wait! Hold on. What was his amazing career then? If it wasn't the voice of Darth Vader,
3: heard? Wasn't he in A Field of Dreams? Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, that's some people say that's a good movie. Nineteen eighty-seven film, sure. Wow. Well, <laughs> what about Darth Vader? do voice? much for me.
3: Talk show host Maury Povich, seventy-nine. Now, Dave, what's he do that you can't do, Maury Povich? I mean, he is a good golfer,
0: um, but other
3: than that. Doesn't seem that hard, what he's doing, that's what I'm trying Connie to say. Connie Chung? <laughs> no. Sorry. I actually have a lot in common with Maury Povich, now that I think about it. Uh-huh. Actor Jim Carrey, 56. You used to be a fan of his, until I, I, I still, turned you straight.
2: Yeah, I, I like his paintings.
3: <laughs> now this guy's one of my favorites. Actor, screenwriter, Wait, Jason hold on, hold Siegel. on.
2: You have favorites?
3: <laughs> How I Met Your Mother, in my opinion, best show ever made it's in the top five it is it is amazing it 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 is is, amazing when you really get into it in those middle seasons when they've really found their footing all five of those actors it's just outrageous so funny
2: and what was the other one that the the bromance with paul rudd what film was that oh i love you man i love you man Man. that was a good film he played he played a great role in that Uh, and he's actually a smart dude too doesn't get credit for it 38
3: years old Huh. He's got to be one of Hollywood's next biggest stars You know, when you look at some of these older guys in Hollywood And he's going to be that guy, right? I mean, he He should all.
2: be Yeah, I say mid-40s is going to be good for him Director, actor Yeah, and He'll he's beca- also a writer, too He'll so. become a producer, I would think Oh, yeah, he's already doing that stuff Okay, so he's big time He's more I think he does more stuff behind the scenes that he would ever get credit for Now, this guy reminds me more of you than anyone
3: Uh-oh. I've ever met After Rain Wilson <laughs> Dwight Schrute
2: I mean, I think he's Is just playing you. Is that a compliment? You, I, you take what it however you, mean? you want. Are you talking about me as? Hi- Wait a second. You're saying what? him as the actor playing him Dwight as Dwight Trude. as me as the yes. person. I feel like he's just what imitating a you, Dick. <laughs> you are because that's not a compliment, dude. Well, that's. It sounds like you're taking it wrong. I did. I. I'm clearly not taking that right. <laughs> it wasn't intended to be mean spirited, but it was. Yeah, it completely is (laughs) mean-spirited. Well, I don't see why you would think that. I mean, he's a pretty cool laid-back dude on that show. Really? Not so much on that. No, not really. Come on.
3: Hold on, let me wipe these tears away maybe, from my face from laughing so hard. I thought
2: you are talking about a series of commercials that he had on TV, maybe. Those were a little bit different, or, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe his TV show that he had there. After I'm just the thinking office. back to some of the famous
3: pranks you pulled off. Oh, wait, a gym that pranks Dwight. Not yeah. the other way around. Yeah, I think you have that wrong. Yeah, I was... I remember one of the great pranks you pulled on me in Las Vegas Thank you for that one And Emmett, also you got us both at the same time Was that in Vegas? Yeah Oh god, <laughs> it was about 2008 yeah. You've made some edits to Emmett's term paper
2: which... <laughs> That was in Vegas? Yeah Oh my gosh, you're right it yeah. was And you also seized my telephone And uh, <laughs> sent a few text messages Almost broke up a potential relationship that also reared its a little baby Hmm. right so nine years last
3: week married wow hmm. Congrats, same congratulations to you. same to you I, I missed your anniversary this I year i did but... too
2: hmm. um <laughs> but seriously
0: <laughs>
2: yeah there, no there yeah there were some pranks there
0: but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean oh, that oh I'm wait,
2: like... wait wait another good one also in 2008
3: you were on a roll in 2008 <laughs> <laughs> we were all staying at my dad's house during Uh-oh. the bike tour Uh-oh. in pittsburgh and i went out played some tennis and huh um, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, yeah I mean that's right. what I do. I'm sure you drove your car there. I did. Uh huh. And uh I realized um in the middle of the freeway that all four tires were completely flat. On your car? Yes. Why? Now I mean I can understand you get a flat tire. <laughs> that happens. Okay, you might, you know, run over some glass or something, but all four of them at the same time? Now, that's ridiculous. Flat. How did that happen? You that's probably what ran I'd like over. know. Do you have any do you know? <laughs> do I know Do you know how that happened? That's how, how I'm it how you all four tires. Because when I got home, the AAA, you know, man, I gave him his $500, and, yeah. and I sent him on his way, and my That's car was some junkyard or something, and, you know, you were laughing so
2: hard, I thought you might have known something. Oh, uh, well, you know, I slip and fell, Yeah, and stuck my key in um, your... In all four tires, yeah. on the same fall. Well, I I had a bad knee, it popped yeah, out. right. So my Kind key... of a spasm, like... Yeah, the little T that they have there in your, uh-huh. in your tire, yeah. I... Let out the air on all four of your tires. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be the guy to tell you, but um, all four of them, I let the air out Okay, because I was mad that you were acting like a little baby. <laughs> and I thought, well, this would be sounds funny. sounds like a good solution. He'll just walk into the garage, open up yeah. the door and look down and see that his tires are flat. Yeah. And nope, not you. No. no <laughs> you went out and ran errands and you drove, yeah. you know, 75 on the freeway, uh-huh. all flat tires. Hmm. Well, that's going to wrap up the show. I thought there was some stand-up polarity. No, we just did it. Oh, that was it. You don't remember? (laughs) (laughs) We already did the stand-up polarity, Mm. man. Where have you been? I think if I talk any more about what I did to you, it would be actually attempted murder. (laughs) (laughs) Which is one reason why I want to wrap up the show, because I yeah. know that no matter what else is said, it's not going to be... Actually, I want to end it with some stand-up It's not going to be... I know you've already got we already it did in it. Front of you. What do you mean? We already did stand-up hilarity. No, you were going to do it after the birthdays. But we already did one right leading into the birthdays. You oh. might not remember it, but yes, we did. It I really funny. I reversed... Well, you took your headphones off and you ran oh. into the other room. Oh. oh, okay. You don't even remember? <laughs> I think it was so funny that I just forgot it. Oh, my God. I've had enough of you
0: <laughs> for the
2: day. Thanks for being a member of Patreon. Patreon.com backslash WPH Live, where you get exclusive handball content. And also for tuning in on TuneIn Radio Radio and iTunes, where we will have the Montana tournament coming up right around the corner. It's gonna be, I believe, January 25th, 27th. That's right. Okay, right. It and that's gonna on be on Friday the 25th. Missoula, Montana. That's nine o'clock in the morning for qualifiers on Friday morning. And what time will the Patreon
3: broadcast kick off?
2: Well, that's kind of in the air, but definitely going to be Saturday and Sunday. That's guaranteed. But there could be some streaming on Friday. Okay. So get ready for that. I had a feeling there might be. Time to say goodbye. That wraps it up for episode number 19. Dave Fink says, hey, had a good day today. (laughs) Dave Vincent says, eh, not so much. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs)
6: 당신은 투싼 스튜디오의 데이빗 빈센트와 대한민국 서울의 데이브 핑크와 함께하는 데이브 앤드 데이브 스포츠 라디오 캐스트를
1: 튜닝 라디오와 아이튠즈에서 듣고 있습니다.